You're watching Leafs Morning Tape with host Nick Alberta and former NHLer Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. And away we go for the Wednesday edition of Leafs Morning Take. It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rosso with you, presented by Botano. How are we feeling on this hump day, Rosie? What's up, Nicki Minaj? Feeling good, man. The uh, Take a little twirl through the standings, which we'll do later, and check in on some, some scores, and things are all of a sudden looking kind of sexy. Hey, they're on a bit of a heater, Rosie, and uh, I really felt like last night's game, Tuesday night, was a statement victory for this team. By far their most complete effort of the season, right? Yeah, in front of the dads at MSG, mm-hmm. you know, a solid team over there with the Rangers, and uh, yeah, they put it together with their third string goalie, as they like to do, apparently, and uh, a convincing win, man. It was uh, it was pretty good to see a little bit hairy for a second there in the uh, end of the second, but uh, at the end of the day, they had uh, what it took, that's for sure. Lots to cover on today's show. We got Darren Drager coming up uh, in about 10 minutes from now. We're going to get the latest on the Maple Leafs trade front. Uh, what happens moving forward? Big news in the NHL last night as well. Craig Brubery, uh being canned by the St. Louis Blues five years after winning the Stanley Cup with that organization. Uh, just tells you that everybody's got a sort of shelf life in this league. And Craig Bruby's time came to an end with the St. Louis Blues last night. To remind all to bring on the team spirit. Unleash your inner MVP with the game-changing varsity collection from Nation Gear. Embrace the winning spirit by repping your favorite team with pride. Shop the Varsity Collection and more at nationgear.ca. I like it. A bit of a different spin on things, eh, Rosie? I do like that. It's uh, it's kind of cool looking, man. They got some good ideas over there. Go check it all out. There's lots of gear. Still in time for Christmas. It looks like good stuff to me from the, the bit that they've sent me. I, uh, I enjoy it. I'm going to have to pull some triggers as well on some stuff for the fam. I think for individuals like you and I, we need a vintage collection where it's a very, very ancient stuff from like this, the 80s, the 90s, uh, the early 2000s. So a vintage collection could be coming soon. I'm just saying that. At the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube, Leafs Morning Take, wherever you find your podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, like, leave us a review, whatever to help continue to grow this uh, this podcast along. Again, Darren Jagger's coming up in about five minutes from now. Brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off up to $10 in value and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25, that's code NATION25, uppercase, 25% off your first order with DoorDash, offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms apply. So what a night in the garden. I I love the ISO footage, by the way, of the fathers yet again. Um, We'll get your thoughts on Paul Marner a bit later on. He's been trending on Twitter for like (laughs) three days now. But uh, points in 11 of 12, Austin Matthews, two and two. He's an absolute rock star. Mitch Marner was great last night. How about Noah Gregor, top line Noah Gregor, steps up to in place of Matthew Nyes, who, of course, was sick, didn't play the least goal 11 and seven. Man, that, that was impressive. Like the Rangers going into that game had been the talk of the town in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, man, it was uh, it was nice to do. And, you know, with some adversity, you could say, right, uh, you know, Nizy's out. We got our third string Tendy in there. Um, the dad's trip and stuff, maybe some distractions, you could say. But, you know, you know, we talk about Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, but especially Austin seems to step up and score in bunches, like just gets hotter than a pistol and just piles them in the net. And all of a sudden you look at, you know, his numbers and go, geez, where you know, a week and a half beforehand, you might be saying, what's going on with this guy, you know, and obviously that's the market he's in, but he definitely scores in that fashion, you know, where he just gets hot and just piles it on like two and two. Are you kidding me? And just wild like that. And I also notice, you know, some of the depth guys stepping up, like you say, like Noah Gregor able to step up and make an impact. David camp. We were only talking about him about a week and a half ago. And, you know, he's stepping up as well as and contributing on on the on the score sheet. So that goes along with the stuff that he does that doesn't show up on the on the score sheet. So, you know, I hate to be a yo-yo and I don't know if we have been, but this team tends to do that. The players tend to do that. They they come and they go and maybe it's because they're under the magnifying glass with us a little bit. But maybe they're certainly showing some some positive signs right now. It looks like they're clicking and firing on all cylinders. And it's it's a good thing to watch, man. And the fans are definitely happy this morning. Je- Jekyll and Hyde for sure. Um, am I the only one that gets a little annoyed, perturbed? I don't know what the proper term would be. 
that you see efforts like that and then you see this team lose to like Chicago twice? Like, doesn't it infuriate you a bit more knowing they have it in them to be an elite team like that? Like to go in to MSG, like the Rangers have been buzzing all season long. They've been playing great. They're facing Igor Shosturkin. And then they come out with a first period like that, man, where they blew the roof off the place. Like I've never heard MSG hum the way it did. And it was like a negative hum where people were like, you know, when you get punched in the face, like the initial shock of being punched in the face, like that's how it felt at the garden, like watching that game last night. Just stunned. Hey, yeah, it, uh, it is nice. And, and why, why are they like that? They seem to be more, more inconsistent in that sense than a lot of the teams that I watch teams have been part of. Um, it just, it, it shows an immaturity to me to not really be able to grab that ball by the horns and say, Hey, I know what direction this game could go, but we're not going to let that happen. And and it's a leadership deal um, and a maturity deal. And, and they're still finding their way and figuring that out. Um, you could call them a young team as just as far as their, their stars and, and their best players. And the ones that you rely on the most are a little bit on that immature side. I would say certainly as far as the experience level of winning at a, at a, at a really high level as well. So I hope that's what they're learning. I hope that's what they're understanding. But yeah, it is frustrating to see them. I mean, we all know. I mean, that's why we rag on them sometimes is because we know what they're capable of. If they were in a rebuilding situation and, you know, coming up and trying to develop some young guys and they've got a roster full of, you know, what could be prospects and we understand what to expect this year, then you'd you'd be more patient through those growing pains. But they are the team and the time is now. And when you see them have that inconsistency, it is frustrating. And for a team that if you want to say they, you know, have a chance to win the Stanley cup or we want to make a deep run, well, then that is inexcusable. And that's, that's not, you're not capable of, of being that team and going deep in the playoffs. You have to have the ability to at least find something that can garner you a win night in and night out. And like you say, they show up against the Chicago Blackhawks and act like they didn't even know they have a game sometimes not going back to rag on that, but yeah, Yeah. it's nice to see this type of an effort and that they're capable of it. Absolutely. We want to see it, you know, as, as, as consistently as possible, as close to night in and night out as they can. And to me, that's maturity. And the cherry on top for me was just more so Martin Jones, your third string netminder, as you alluded to, making 28 saves in that game. I thought he made some big stops. I don't know about you. I got a bit nervous there in the second period. It was 4-3, almost 4-4. But Jones made some big-time stops. And that can't be understated. There's always seems to be a sag with a lot of teams. Every team, when you're up two, three goals, it happened in the game. And it was like the old adage, like they, they bent, they didn't break, which uh, is great to see as well. And and that's the big story for me. Like you have Marty Jones, you go into Broadway on the back end of a back-to-back and you beat Igor Shostorkin and the New York Rangers. I don't care how you did it. They got the job done. Uh, the following interview is brought to you by our friends over at Battlegrounds Axe Throwing. Book your holiday party now and stag exclusive Boxing Day and Break Week rates. To find a location and book your event, go to battlegrounds.com. That's battlegrounds.com. As we bring in today's guest for his first appearance of the season, it is TSN's Darren Dreger. Dreger, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Yeah, I'm doing okay, fellas. It's been a busy couple of days. Obviously, there's a lot going on around the National Hockey League, either with Department of Player Safety or firing of coaches. So that's the kind of stuff that keeps me up at night. I hear you. Well, we appreciate you uh, taking some time out of your busy slate to join us today. Uh, Why don't we start there? Just your breakdown of the game last night. Really love what I saw from Martin Jones and a Maple Leafs victory on Broadway. Yeah, you know, for the most part, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs played well. That was an excellent first period. Third period was was outstanding based on the level of response. Um, The second period, not so much. And Martin Jones had to make some key saves. Otherwise, that game was tipping in a hurry, right? You know, you had... Uh, Blake Wheeler score his second of the night, and that caused uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs some grief. It's a one-goal game going into that third period, and it felt like not only was there a momentum shift, but maybe now the New York Rangers were going to take over the game, and Toronto didn't let that happen in that third period. Austin Matthews, guys, as we've seen it in the past, is playing at a higher level again. Um, and he had more help, I would say, last night than he did against the New York Islanders. And then you look back to the weekend game against the Nashville Predators, and that might have been Toronto's best all-round game 
right? Everybody was on board Saturday against the Preds in that win. So there's lots of reasons to be optimistic based on how individual players are playing, but also the reason now fans can appreciate why Brad Trilliving and the Toronto Maple Leafs did their level best to keep Martin Jones in the mix. Because if you don't have a, a quality third goaltender in today's NHL, inevitably you're going to hit a snag. Well, that's exactly it. And uh, I don't think it's getting enough play in this market. The vital uh, nature of picking up a veteran like Martin Jones, the the, the thing they did with the signing bonus structure and all yeah. that stuff to, to make him stay with the roster too, I think was big. And, and that's the reason right there why they brought him in. Even another guy like Noah Gregor, like, you know, for all the ridicule that's been placed in this market, uh, sometimes rightfully so, some of the pickups have actually worked out. Like Noah Gregor has been a great story too, eh? It really has been. And, you know, that's, no disrespect uh, pointed towards Sam Lafferty, but when Sam Lafferty came over in a trade to the Toronto Maple Leafs, I think most of us thought, okay, geez, this guy's going to be a perfect fit. He's got speed. He plays with a little bite. You know, he's going to be a real nice compliment to their top nine. And for whatever reason, Lafferty just couldn't find it. He just couldn't kind of get into a groove in Toronto. I'm seeing a little bit of that in Tyler Bertuzzi, although last night I thought Bertuzzi was, was pretty effective. So we'll yeah. see. Uh, in Noah Gregor, how can you go wrong? The man can flat out fly. And when you're a, a cap team like the Maple Leafs are, I think, honestly, fellas, that's what we're going to have to look for the foreseeable future in Toronto. Yeah, the cap is going up $4.5 million next year. But guess who's getting that? William Nylander. That's who's eating up the four point five. So your fourth line guys and maybe drifting up into your third line, they are going to have to be entry level, if not certainly lower level affordable pieces. And when you can get Noah Gregor on the deal that he's on, uh, it's a can't miss. And and good on him. He's he's got some hockey smarts that maybe I wasn't as in tune with. Uh, and I was a bit surprised. So we find out late that Matthew Nyes isn't playing. Uh, they don't dress uh, Reeves, you know, an optical 11 and 7, so they bring in Max Lejoie. I actually thought, thought that Yarncroft would be the player that would get pushed up, you know, into the top mix, and instead they put Noah Gregor up there. And I think that that is just recognition of the way he's played, not just in the last couple of games, but overall. For sure, and like you say, the uh, the scouting staff in the back, the backroom staff's going to have to do some digging like that. They find a guy like him on a PTO that everyone else missed and he comes in and yeah. makes a, a serious impact is what they're going to need to be relying on down the future. And, you know, you go back a couple of weeks, drags and people are crying out for a trade and they want it now. And, you know, the teams, you know, they lose to Chicago and there's a little struggle here. And now maybe that'll probably peter out. But in reality, where you live, do you see mm. anything on that market, uh, changing or is there any press for anything or do you think this if any changes get made to this especially the back end you think yeah. that's going to be more towards the trade deadline it's starting to feel that way rosie and look um one thing let's just qualify this brad Pure living is in on every trade conversation whether he can afford the pieces or not he just likes to be involved he doesn't want to miss on anything or at least not have a conversation about players that could make a difference and that's been the case on all the available defensemen that we've talked about. But I think Craig Conroy and the Calgary Flames, as an example, are, are being smart in this process as well. Now, you've got Chris Tanoff, who would be a real nice fit in Toronto. He's hurt. It looks day-to-day. -day, but, you know, that kind of slows the role of, of the Calgary Flames a little bit. Um, and in fairness, Conroy recognizes that he's got commodities there, right? He moves Zadarov for a third and a fifth. And he took a little bit of heat in the market, but he knew that he, he needed to move one of those pieces. And so he moves the guy that really didn't want to be there anyway and gets, I think, fair value in return. Well, how do we know what the market is for Chris Tanev? Toronto thinks that it, it would be a, at least a second round draft pick. Toronto doesn't have a second round pick. So then if you're Conroy, you're likely looking for Toronto's first because chances are it's going to be a late first round draft pick, which is kind of in that late first, early second, you know, you can cut it both ways. There is no rush in Calgary to get that done. Likewise with Noah Hannafin. Aside from the fact that March 8th, well, it's not that far away. And, and you also don't want to get caught holding the bag here. It's good now because the Flames are, are more or less trending upward. They're staying in that wild card mix in the Western Conference. So competitively speaking, the owner is happy. 
but management can see what the timeline is. So I wouldn't say that Toronto is out of it, um, but I think that Pure Living just recognizes, you know, if he's going to make an upgrade, he's going to be have to be patient and wait for somebody to come to him too. So Dregs, yeah, you're so right. And I think the reality is like, yeah, they love Chris Tenev, but as uh, the yeah. reality found out with Nikita Zadorov, there's other teams who love these players too. And I'm yeah. just spitballing. A name that keeps coming to my mind is the guy who actually pumped the wheels off Nikki Cousins the other day. Eric Goodbranson, uh, two years left in his deal at four. Uh, Brad Tree Living, of course, knows him from his time in Calgary. Like, is that the sort of outside the box approach thinking that we should get ready for when it comes to the Maple Leafs and their quest to add on the back end? Like, I know Goodbranson probably fits in a yeah. five six role, but like in general, they're looking to bolster that blue line, right? Yeah, you know what, Nick? I mean, that's a good point. I, I mean, I haven't heard that name, but I, you know, we do know that the Columbus Blue Jackets are are interested in doing something. And we've heard the names, the consistent ones like Andrew Peak or Boquist. Those names have, have been out there. Uh, Good Branson is the type of player that Brad Trilliving absolutely likes. No different than Rick Talk at the Vancouver Canucks. You know, they, they wanted to bolster their blue line in Vancouver, but they had something specific in mind. And it wasn't a right shot guy. Uh, they would have preferred Chris Tanev, to be frank, in Vancouver. If, if they couldn't get that, then, you know, make sure we get bigger and we get more physical. So they get that in Zadorov, and you'd get that in Goodbranson as well. Um, I don't think it's just one piece in Toronto, and I think you guys would agree with that. When I look at that blue line, aside from Morgan Riley, who's playing lights out right now, um, it feels like that blue line needs some serious attention, if not an, an overhaul, too, to compete with the best of the best. And that's kind of what we think Toronto is. Like the Toronto Maple Leafs, when they play the way they did Saturday, okay, they didn't let that one slip away at MSG last night, uh, played pretty well against the New York Islanders. They're still a top contending team, but maybe it isn't one player. And that's why, look, I don't think this got enough play. There was a good amount of discussion between Calgary and Toronto on both those guys, on Zadorov and Chris Tanner. Well, why couldn't you do the same thing with the Philadelphia Flyers, with Nick Sealer and Sean Walker? Now, you're going to have to give up a, a, a heck of a lot. You know, like Philadelphia loves Sean Walker. John Tortorella loves Sean Walker. But maybe they get the most, best of both worlds in, in Philly. They trade him. He's a rental in Toronto. And then maybe they re-sign him in the offseason. But I guess to illustrate my point, what I'm saying is if Goodbranson is a fit, okay, he's a third-pairing guy, as you mentioned, Nick. It feels like you still have to add something else to that blue line. Yeah, and of course, they got the flexibility. If you keep winning games and you feel really yeah. damn good about life, but you mentioned yeah. the deadline is coming quickly. You know, another name that really intrigues me that's just out there that nobody really talks about and the team's off to like a so-so start is Brett Pesci and Carolina Dregs. Yeah. Like they have just had a really, really bizarre start defensively. Kochekov's doing the flying poke check against Brady yeah. Kachuk. That was something else. But you get the sense that Pesci's going to be more of like an own rental type situation because we expect the Canes to be a legit contender this season. Yeah, it feels that way now, but one thing that I know of Tom Dunn and an ownership of, of the Carolina Hurricanes, they don't like seeing assets just walk out for free. This guy's a real brutal negotiator, and that's why Brett Pesci hasn't signed an extension in Carolina. It's a bit of a head-scratcher for me that it's taking this long, and um, you know, I haven't checked in this week, but all indications up until last week were that they're a mile apart in terms of, of that discussion. So Unlikely they're able to close that gap unless somebody bends. I don't think it's going to be the player side, so then it has to be Carolina. So then you have to really weigh your options. It's a dangerous game when you let a player of that magnitude walk or use them as an own rental, unless you know things are going so well where you just can't envision your blue line taking a hit like that. They're not playing that great right now, though, right? And, and, you know, you've got Brenda Moore and company who aren't satisfied with the way things have gone. Kochetkov has, has been good. So maybe the stability of their goaltending, which has been all over the place because of injury, will kind of get them through a, a, a bit of a stale patch here. But there's no doubt, no doubt that teams call on Brett Pesci, as they should. And those calls are going to intensify as we get into the new year. Speaking of calls, Dregs, we look and see that Craig Brube has been fired in St. Louis just four or five years after winning them the Stanley Cup. How long do you think he's going to last on the market? And I mean, I know the Leafs are going through, uh, you know, a solid patch right now and people are happy, but uh, 
with the yo-yo effect in that market, yeah. do you think anyone would want to see him replace Sheldon Keefe at any point in time? Well, I, I, I don't know that they'll talk about it in Toronto because there isn't a reason to at this point, but it depends, Jay, on when, when are we talking here? You know, um, I had a brief exchange with, with Barube this morning um, and no different than any other coach that, that gets let go They're They're deeply disappointed and, and he wants to step away to some degree. Maybe there's a bit of relief because you can feel it coming, right? I mean, he's an experienced guy, probably has had more than a share of conversations that weren't entirely pleasant with General Master Doug Armstrong about how the team was playing, what he should be doing, what he could be doing. And then you get the coach who says, well, we need another defenseman. We need a penalty killer up front. We need a guy with some grit up front. And you you end up in, in that sort of a world. Um, but as I reported on Insider Trading yesterday, prior to that game and that loss, it had the feel that change was imminent, absolutely imminent. You guys watch St. Louis. Tell me if they play the way that they have played in past years. You know, that heavy, hard-checking game. No, they haven't been playing that way consistently this year. So the players weren't buying in, or they don't have the right players who are going to commit to playing that way on a consistent basis. So it just got to a point where Doug Armstrong felt like, you know, he he had to pull the pin. As for Sheldon and the Maple Leafs, I, you know, Turlibing didn't just extend Sheldon because he felt like that was the right thing to do and needed to buy himself a little bit more time to, to get to know the individual. But when you've got a coach, the pedigree of Craig Berube out there and available, man, that gets a lot of owners talking about it. And now that we're past the quarter mark and certain teams are closing in on 30 games, and now we've seen some teams make their coaching changes early in the regular season, that too fuels the, the conversation, certainly among ownership and senior management. I, I don't see the fit in season in Toronto, but if things were to go poorly yet again for the Maple Leafs, then and 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 who's to say that 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 Craig Berube isn't going to take the time that he deserves to just reset? He's not going to jump at the first opportunity that comes his way unless it's a perfect fit. So if uh, if there's a space for him potentially uh, going into next season, then I think we could have that conversation. Yeah, certainly. And I think with Keith, I think he's going to be judged on what he does in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah. I think we're at yeah. a point where we've, uh, you know, they've they've sustained things a bit here in the regular season. They've made it to the Stanley Cup playoffs year after year after year. And I think he's going to be judged on that. Uh, just before we leave you, uh, is there anything on Nylander? Like, it's been so quiet on that front. I guess it's going to be one of those situations where it's going to pop out of nowhere maybe, right? Yeah, that makes the most sense because both the Toronto Maple Leafs and the agent Lewis Gross are holding things tight to the best here. And I get it. You know, it's 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 a noisy market. We always want to talk about it because it's a sensational story to talk about. You know, I think Toronto was hoping that the player side would give up a little bit and they haven't, nor should they, nor should they. I mean, William Nylander deserves probably what he's going to get, which is $11 million or more per on an annual average salary. How do you argue with that? You don't like it if you're true living in the Maple Leafs because that eats up all of the, the money that's coming the way of an increased cap for next year. But you know what? Put that in the category of good problems to have because yeah. this guy's an all-world player. But for the moment, it's all quiet there, Nick. Dregs, uh, very well said. Uh, thank you so much for taking some time tonight, uh, today, I should say, and uh, happy holidays. Yeah, same to you guys. I love the show. Thanks, Thank Drager. So much. Take care. Appreciate you coming, man. The one and only Darren Drager, and uh, so mm -hmm. appreciative again of his time. Very, very busy. As you can hear, his phone going off. There's lots happening in the NHL world. I thought that was a cheeky little question by you about Craig Berube. Like, Dregs is right. I mean, one swoon here where they lose three or four in a row again, and it's like all hell's breaking loose. But I think at the very least, like, and I'd be so curious to get like you know, a breakdown behind the scenes, a fly in the wall vantage point of like, let's say a guy like Craig Ruby becomes available, like the type of reaction that would get from like front offices around the league. Cause it is a copycat league. Like I often talk about Rosie, the LA Kings, like all the, all the hype about that team having Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley as their tandem. And they've been incredible. And they copied that pretty much essentially from the Vegas Golden Knights who won with Aiden Hill as their starting goaltender in the Stanley cup playoffs last year. And then you look at Ruby. I mean, five years ago, he wins the Stanley Cup with the fact that he himself, 2019 with the St. Louis Blues. So 
at the very least, you're at least looking around, say, hey, you know what? What would that look like? You know, for sure you would. Uh, I mean, like I said to Dregs there that right now this morning, you know, things are things are pretty positive in Leafland and, uh, you know, rightfully so. We talked about what a heater they're on right now. So that's great. But, you know, it wasn't very long ago we were talking about is Sheldon Keefe the you know, the coach for this and what has he done to remain here? And does his track record say that he's untouchable? And I don't think the answer is, is yes, he's untouchable. Why would it be? I mean, they've had some pretty consistent uh, short fallings in the playoffs and is that all on Keith? No, but if you know, you, you have this core and you've committed to them and we're seeing guys get extended and it's going to be the group they're going to have moving forward. And a guy like Craig Brube with a winning pedigree recently um, becomes available. It's definitely something that could pique their interest, but uh, just probably not today. And, and like you say, like Drake says, he's probably going to want to take some time to go reset, reevaluate, yeah. talk to the wife and family and see what exactly it is that he needs to do. And, uh, you know, he's a solid guy who's got a good head on his shoulders. He coached me in Philly there. So um, I don't think he'll be uh, pulling any triggers without thinking thoroughly about it. You know what else I gained from that conversation that the Leafs are going to have to be mighty creative between now and March 8th, the trade deadline. Um, and that's why, again, it was just speculation, just spitballing on my part. That's why I threw out the name Erica Branson, I think would be a good fit. Rep Pesci, I think would be the king daddy, like topper, like the type of guy you want on your roster, but going to be obviously hard. Carolina's a really good team. We accept and expect them to be, you know, up in the standings in the Easter conference, been hit or miss with that franchise so far to start this year. Uh, but he's a free agent, and as Dregs alluded to, he's nowhere close to an extension with that team. Shoots right. He'd be the perfect guy. But I think everything's got to be on deck for this team. And if that even means making a trade with another playoff team that's going to the playoffs, I think all hands on deck. And I think it was important that Dregs brought up the fact that if maybe they're looking for a combo deal, it's not going to be Tanev and Zadorov. Maybe it's you know something out of Philadelphia or San Jose. Like I think you you scour the league. But I think it's becoming clear that they're probably not adding just one, but they're going to try to add two defensemen here. Yeah, I hope they do too. I want that back end to have a, a totally different look. And what a great uh, story, though, eh? It's been a great story. I mean, you look at Benoit and, and Legacy and those types. Like, I've really, oh, yeah. really stepped up here. I'm liking McCabe lately too. He's got oh, that. You know, just yeah. looking at the guy, it's just like, man, you could be a stud with like a leadership position, be that physical presence. And I mean, he's laying some huge hits lately, and instantly leads to a fight every single time that she's that he's willing to do and can handle himself in just fine and um you know that's fantastic to see and guys are stepping up no question but are they stepping up to a level where oh this is what we need going into a deep run into the playoffs i'm not so sure about that i think they want to add some pieces no question and i think with bradtree living at the helm he's not scared to to get his hands dirty to be creative to be in on every talk and every deal and be working the phones constantly i think he's a guy that is not scared to get in there and i wouldn't be surprised if something really exciting happened uh coming down to the the wire La- laughing at the chat right now, everybody's asking who King Daddy is. It's a, a reference from Jeff O'Neill and Overdrive that I've just put into my vernacular because I think it's hilarious. He's like, yeah, it's a King da- Daddy Topper. Like, that's what he says about everything. And uh, I was looking for the words and that just came to mind because I watched that show religiously. So uh, apologies to everybody in the chat. Even Tammy chiming in. Who the fuck is King Daddy? I totally <laughs> yeah. understand. But let's get to that McCabe hit, man. Like the unique thing about Jake McCabe, I remember watching this guy play at the World Junior for the Americans and watching him early on in his career with the Buffalo Sabres. He was like more of like an offensive threat. But then the last little while that hit against Nashville, he's done it a couple of times previously earlier this year. He has that physical presence in him. And like, this is why Kyle Dubas went out last year and acquired this guy. And he's becoming very comfortable, it seems, being on that back end. Like, it took him a while to get him custom to everything in Toronto. He's more of a quieter guy. In fact, we asked him to come on this show. He humbly declined. Um, it, it's one of those things where he's feeling better and better, and the confidence is growing and growing, and he's lighting guys up, man. Like, Ryan Lindgren is a rugged defenseman in his own right, and he was caught puck watching, and he got smoked under the bright lights of Madison Square Garden, and there was a fucking lineup. I mean, a fucking lineup to fight uh, fight Jake McCabe, and it was more of like a hugging match, right? So um, I credit him. Man. You need more of this play. I think he's the closest they have to a Jake Muzzin. I've said this time and time again. Is he Jake Muzzin? No, but I've been really impressed with McCabe lately. Yeah, same here. He's stepping up, and, and it's what you need. And it does take a while to you know acclimate to your surroundings and get used to things. And I, I don't know exactly 
you know, what kind of systems they're running and how detailed they are and, and how much they're, they're running through the X's and O's where a guy's got to take some time, or maybe it's just, you know, playing with uh, different partners and adjusting to the different styles of play of those guys on the back end. But he's definitely stepped up in the last, uh, you know, I'd say few weeks and, and it's, it's good to see. And it's a pattern that I hope continues with not just him, but some other guys on the back end as well. Yeah, again, it's it's it, it this team has a resiliency to them, which I think is hilarious to say, but like when shit goes wrong and they lose guys, we saw this last November, they seem to rally. They like, seem to they've rally had more. every reason to just pack. Yeah, like they just they could have easily packed it in. You guys when they rally, it's freaking crazy, man. They go down to yeah. like Jogger and they have Jonesy stepping up big time. You got, you know, your PTO guy playing on your top line. They have, you know, so many reasons to fold and to, yeah. to, to break, but it's when things are looking good and you expect them to mop the floor with a the team. They just fucking don't even show up. And then they go through all this adversity and they're smashing teams. It's very odd. No question about it. But uh, I think there's worse problems to have than being a team who can step up to facing adversity. Yeah, very unpredictable nature to this team. And I said this on yesterday's show, it could be a scheduled loss, it could be a Leafs beatdown, and it was a Leafs beatdown. Like, I was like, I would not be shocked if the Leafs go in MSG and pump the wheels off the New York Rangers, and that's exactly what they did. And I also said it could be a scheduled loss where they just turn things in. You know, we had a, a long night on Long Island, stuff like that. But they they, they deserve a lot of credit, man. 11-7, and seven, they played tired, obviously, the second half of that game, and the big boys stepped up. It just shows you... When those guys are humming, and we talked about this on yesterday's show, you know, Austin Matthews has hit eight posts. He has 21 goals and eight posts. Like, this guy legitimately could have 30 goals by now. It's crazy. <laughs> that number right now seems a little bit insane. But, yeah, he's on mm-hmm. pace. And, I mean, and he goes through these, I don't want to call them dry periods, but there's a there's a three-game stretch where he doesn't really – you know, get on the board too much and he doesn't really seem to have that flair and you're going, Oh, what the hell's going on? And it's, it's not fair. It's not a, it's not a realistic expectation for him to play like the best Austin Matthews every bloody night. I mean, things have to go your way too. There's other teams out there trying to prevent him from score. Let's not forget, but when he's hot, he is hotter than a pistol man. And I mean, it's nice to see that he's got it going on. I would just, along with the team, like to see that consistency a little bit more. Not that I don't mind him going getting two and two on certain nights, but you know, you'd like to see or to feel like there wouldn't be that say first three games in a playoff series where Austin can't quite find it because that's the end of your season, right? And you'd like to see him be able to channel that at will and that's a big ask but um i mean the way he's playing right now when he is finding it is next to not no question they're getting contributions from everybody again uh you, you look all of a sudden they're 502 so it's a seven game point streak they have points in 11 of 12 and they're just getting point and point and point and i think somebody mentioned in the in the standings which we're about to look at they're they're four points back of the boston bruins right like yeah, how'd that happen? i think they've been going about their business it just makes no sense with the injuries in the back end you lose your number one goalie and they haven't skipped a beat you know sammy steps up large the other night um you know they they get a point on the island they find a way they tie that game and now you beat the new york rangers and suddenly you look three games without joseph wall you're you're 2 and one you got to feel pretty happy about that and Again, we're going to talk about Thursday. You know what I'm going to say about the game against Columbus? I, I hope they show up. I hope mm-hmm. they show up. We're going to talk about that on, on Thursday's show, but there's a lot to feel positive about this team right now. I'll go that far to say that. Yeah, for sure. And it's a nice place to be, and we expected them to have highs like this in the season. And I don't know if it's, if it is that adversity that makes them step up or like yeah. wake up or realize they have to do it. And, you know, when they're healthy and things are going well and they have a stinker, it's kind of like, well, shit, we kind of expected it to just go our way. And I hope they're, they're, they're growing from that and learning from it and moving away from it. But you know, if there's any, if there's anything that you could say should be adverse situation, it's playing in a playoff series with, you know, a really good team, no matter who it is across the road. And, and they're going to be ready to rock and and end your season. That's adversity to me. So I hope they can channel that in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, we keep talking about that, but that's a little ways away. And, you know, we're creeping up on Christmas here and they're chipping away, starting to put some pieces together and it's looking pretty good. It's a process. Um, This segment is brought to you by Charm Diamond Centers. Get custom ring building delivered in less than four weeks with the Charm Masterpiece Program and an unbeatable pricing policy. Charm Diamond Centers is giving you a chance to win a $5,000 gift card, become a champion with the Propose. 
How would you propose? One knee, the bend, and snap. Tag at Charm Diamonds on Instagram in a post slash story with a video or photo of your propose. Be sure to hashtag the propose to be entered. For more, more, for more information, excuse me, go to CharmDiamondCenters.com. And we look now at the standings, and it's all jumbled up. Detroit's been up and down with Patrick Kane. They finally win their first game. But yeah, the Leafs gaining ground. The Panthers uh, got blanked by Seattle on Tuesday. Good news all around that team in the standings. And then you look at Tampa. Hedman's banged up. They lose to Vancouver last night. The Leafs have games in hand. They got to feel pretty good about life right now. Yeah, that happened quick. It was like, I know. did we do this last week? And it was a different look. We do it every story. year, every week, Rosie, every Wednesday. Oh, we do. No kidding. That's neat. Yeah. That's uh, great. Thank Thanks you. for letting me know. But they're, they're <laughs> two games in hand on Florida. That's fantastic. And, you know, yeah. I think they can catch them easily. And I mean, it wasn't that long ago we we're saying, well, Boston's like a runaway. So like, you might as well forget about them. And I was saying course, that. yeah. that's when things weren't going that fancy. But look at this right here. I mean, the sky's the limit they can go anywhere. They could drop down again. It's, I don't love to watch the standings, but it is good to check in once in a while and say, what's everyone doing out there. And you know, at a time like this, when you go on a little run, like they have pulling points out of so many games and you know, they're winning in ways that, that you need to, like, I can think of like three games in recent memory where they're scoring in like the last 10 seconds to tie the game. And you know, that guarantees you a crucial point. You do that a handful of times in the season. That's that separates you from guys below you. So, um, it's a it's a good day to check in on the standings. That's for sure. The big thing I, I think that it is important with the standings that I'm with you. It's mid December, like whatever. But as the games in hand, and I think that's going to be vital. The Leafs have played 26 games, tied with the Boston Bruins. Other team like Tampa's played 30. The Leafs have four games in hand on Tampa, and Tampa's at 31, and Toronto's at 35. So four points gap, four point gap, and they got four games in hand. Then you look at a team like Ottawa's played 23 times, but Everybody around the Leafs, you know, excluding Boston, of course, has played more games than them. Like even Florida is one point up and they have two games in hand. The Leafs do on the Florida Panthers. So you can make substantial ground in the standings. And I think that is important to bring up as you move forward in this season. So you weren't with us yesterday. What what did you make of uh, 0.1000 for JT? Like anywhere you want to go with that. Uh, We talked about. Paul Marner and his like skull reaction and Joe Tavares beside him going wild. And it's a crazy night on Long Island where I thought it was a mixed bag for the Maple Leafs, but they get a point in that game. And uh, you can't understate enough like John Tavares, his worth, his meaning to this organization, this team. And you put it into context, like 98 people now have I've hit 1000 points in their career. That's pretty elite company, isn't it? Uh, top 100 all time. That's incredible. And, uh, you know, I said the other day, a thousand games is quite the accomplishment. A yeah. thousand points is another level. And, you know, to get four points in two games there to do it on Long Island is impressive as well, especially when, you know, heading into Long Island, everyone's saying, oh, two points and you can do it, you know, on Long Island. And I was just like, that's a pretty big ass, but he gets it done. And, uh, you know, good for him. What a, what a great story. What a great memory. It's one of those things where you'll be like, you know, tell your grandkids or have a picture of it where all the boys jumped onto the bench and the jubilation on his face was was pretty obvious. So special, special night for him personally, which is always fun to see. And with Marner's dad, I don't know if I, honestly, man, I, I read on Twitter and I think I kind of would like to maybe believe this too, but I think he's like, just, he's watched a lot of hockey that man, right? Oh. He is a hockey dad. You don't think Tavares' dad's watched a lot of hockey or lacrosse or both? Come on, <laughs> well, Different personalities, obviously, but I think Marner's dad might've thought that it's, it might be coming back. There's a bunch of guys in the crease bumping and jamming. I think he could just be waiting to see, and he's not a jump up and scream and yell guy, but I don't know, man, maybe he's just extremely selfish and wasn't happy for uh, Mr. Tavares or, his son i just think it was a sheer coincidence that mitch marner wasn't in that goal he didn't pick up a point but maybe you're right i again uh, you have to put things into context maybe it was just the way the shot um maybe psycho his reaction hockey dad alert maybe psycho psycho maybe alert. dude you've read up on this guy right well a little bit i know there's a history and oh there's a history yeah. People think the Nylander negotiation is a lot of fun. Just just wait until the Marner one. Wait until that one. <laughs> Dad's the agent. Hey, they love that. There's a lot of stories I can tell you off air about that whole situation. But uh, yeah, the dad ship I thought was really cool. Like I thought that's so awesome. Imagine, imagine your kid in the NHL like 30 years from now. He hits 1,000 points and you're able to be in the building um, where it all started for the guy. I know it, it didn't start at Belmont, but it started at the Coliseum for JT. 
Like, I mean, how do you not get emotional? How do you not celebrate that way? Like, I thought that was so cool. And I think the NHL has nailed this with the parents getting them involved because without them, there's no you, right? And and actually making the National League and the amount of sacrifice they put into it early on in your life, right? It is literally the wickedest thing going is that dad's trip and and the mother's trip to a degree as well. Um, It's it's just so cool. And and to be part of it is just, yeah, I can't overstate it enough when you go through your routine and you're like from the time you're young, you're you're leaving home and you're doing the thing and you're in the locker room and on the bus and on the plane and in the hotels and getting ready for games. And it's just kind of like it's just secondhand knowledge is all they know of it. They're never there. They don't see it. And for years and years and years and years, you just kind of tell them about it and you talk to them on the phone while you're doing it. And they're super supportive and they're super around, but they're not actually doing it with you. And then to be in the National Hockey League and to have those dads, I mean, they're fired up. They become kids again, right? They're meeting other dads and they got a drink in their hand and they're wearing their kid's jersey and they're prouder than hell. And they get to go to these unbelievable dinners and go on these private jets and they stay in the Ritz-Carlton and they get VIP treatment throughout the the um the buildings that you play in and they're there with you and it's just everything about it is just friggin awesome and i'm so glad they do it and every year when it happens i I love to watch and catch the little highlights and and remember how special that was to do man some of the videos of uh matthews's dad and ty domi are just incredible like you're there's no way in hell like ty didn't grab all these guys all the dads and be like we're going out tonight like ty domi we talked about this earlier in the year this guy's attached to everything. He's got an in everywhere. He's friends with everybody. There's no doubt in my mind. Like I, they were having so much fun. Like I thought it was so cool to see. And then you, you see your kids put on a performance like that. Like this isn't Timbits hockey. This is the National League. You go to MSG. You see some of the star-studded talent that was on display in the crowd. Like Anthony Rizzo, Aaron Judge were there last night. Like I don't know how you don't get up for games. And that's why I think the Rangers are so good because you get up for every home game. How do you not with people like that? in the building and to put that type of performance together, I thought was, was really, really cool. And and seeing some of the reactions from the fathers, Paul Marner aside, of course, uh, but Ty Domi was just having a great time. Matthews is old man. And it just seems like a really, really fun time. So great to see. I was going to ask you too. um, Did you ever take part in any of the Maple Leaf skills competitions that they put on like once a year? Mm -mm. Never did it. eh? Cause, uh, so we've been we've been hyping up uh, All Star Weekend coming to town early February, and again the Nation Network's going to have a prolific stage there. We're going to do some stuff, and we're going to do some, uh, you know, podcasting and stuff like that. At least morning take in Toronto, but uh, the NHL announcing its uh, format for the skills competition, and you being a player, I'd love to get your your sort of opinion on the tinkering. Um, you know, the big thing I drew from this is that. The player with most points uh, will win 1,000 or 1,000, 1 million bucks. Do you think that'll entice guys to actually try in the skills competition? A schmill. I think they'll be trying harder. They won't try to show that they are, but that's certainly, um, you know, it would just be fun to get guys that, uh, that aren't already making $12 million a year involved in get that. Get Noah Gregor there. Seriously, in the skating portion again, like third line guys and third line guys. But regardless, I like the overhaul. Anything that makes it so we don't have to see them come out with a bloody cowboy hat and clown glasses on is I'm on board for. I hate the sideshow shit where they're just pathetically trying to make something entertaining. Basically, reducing themselves to clowns is tough to watch. And you know if you. Do something that's a little bit more serious. Some people will say, like, these guys need more money. I don't give a shit. I want a reason for them to do their best, try their hardest, take it seriously, and for someone to give a rip about it. You know, you get in with all the sports betting and stuff going on. You can start Mm -hmm. getting involved with who's going to win it, and you know they're not going to be dicking around. uh, Oh, who cares? Let me me just do a silly one here. Like, no, they're going to be doing it for real, trying hard, and you can uh, maybe get in on watching it with some purpose and, and have some excitement for it that way. That's a lot more exciting than having, you know, silly clown shoes on or some bullshit they've done in the past oh trust me i've been to a bunch of uh, all-star weekends and uh i'm in good taste i am gunned by the first event like i just have a couple drinks and that's my night and i walk around the concourse i might actually have to sit down this year at scotia bank arena and check out some of the action i think the other thing i drew to was that uh, only 12 players are going to compete in eight events right so there's going to be like a a drawing down of this, I think uh, you're going to have to compete a bit more, and and we'll see if it works. I mean, it, it's still, 
it's still a skills competition. It's still All-Star Weekend. A lot of these guys are in the bag. They're having fun. This is least of their concerns and worries. But I do think it needed a bit of freshening up. So uh, freshening up, I should say. So we'll we'll see if if that entices some guys. I'm very intrigued by the player draft and all that. But at least the NHL hears and they know that a change was needed because it had become stale. I tend to agree with you. Yeah, for sure. And we look forward to it this year. I think it'll be an extra big show in uh, Toronto and kind of the hub of hockey. And we'll be there to watch. So look forward to it. We should have our own skills competition where we play flip cup, beer pong, and really show what we can do out there. Maybe we will. Yeah. Maybe we'll get the Jets on you and uh, see all this beer league talk. See it in person. Oh, I'm terrible. And uh, behind the scenes, Rosie and I have been talking about heading out to Jasper for a, a pond hockey tournament. In late January, we might have a Leafs Nation team put together, and uh, that could be the first time you and I actually hit the the ice together. Yeah, so I can just imagine the chemistry that would be flowing. I'm scared you're going to get rocked, and I'm going to have to step in for you. So, I did have a, a tough outing last time I was on my Jets, so yeah, as long as there's no uh, college girls playing, I think I'll be safe. <laughs> we were actually talking about that at my beer league game, getting ready the other day, about you getting rocked at that charity game. I'm like, don't worry, he said something to her after. <laughs> uh, I know, and then she challenged me too. She's kind of scary, so I just stayed away. I got to wipe the dust off before I step up to that level. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, just know right now, if somebody does uh, does get to you in, in on the pond, if we do go there, I will address the situation for you because teammates oh. stick together. Well, that's good to hear. I was going to say my gloves will be spring-loaded on the pond because I'm not going to get embarrassed twice in one year. <laughs> it, for me, it'll be more of like a Mika Zibanejad. And you know what? I respect that more than what the Leafs tend to do where they run away. He hugged them. It was like maybe a half shot and that's it. The refs come in because the refs know their jobs. You're Mika Zibanejad. But do you think it's more about the player just showing, hey, I'm backing my teammate is what guys care about? Like you would know better than me. You're in the 100%. room. Do you guys even care about that? No, 100%. No one expects yeah. Mika Zibanejad to come up and fucking shit pump this guy and switch hands yeah. and start stringing out and throwing uppies and jersey jabs. Like, are you kidding me? Just you see something on the ice. Are you kidding me? You jump in there and whatever the hell happens after that's kind of irrelevant. You'd like not to get your, you know, face pumped. But the only thing that really matters, I mean, 90% of it is that a guy jumps in there and, and shows up. And especially when it's one of your stars, one of your offensive guys that doesn't do that, doesn't feel comfortable doing it. It's even that more meaningful. And you'll go give yeah. the guy a tap on the pads after that. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. I love that type of gamesmanship and camaraderie and, and great on Mika Zibanejad for stepping in. Maybe the Leafs can learn and they have been stepping up the last uh, month or so. So it's great to see uh, speaking of stepping up, our friends over at Covered Bridge, Rosie, are giving are in a giving mood, I should say, this holiday season. Over the next 10 days or so, they'll be giving away three prize packs. And it's pretty easy to be eligible to win, by the way, which is great. All you got to do is follow Covered Bridge on Twitter, AKX, at CB Chips, and Instagram, at CB underscore Chips. Plus, like and tag two of your friends in their promotional posts about this giveaway for a chance to win an eight-pack of Storm Chips, which are phenomenal, which Rosie... Talked about a month ago about just mucking in bed and your wife getting pissed off because the crumbs are going all over. But <laughs> the storm chips are great and one branded plaid fleece. So uh, our friends at Covered Bridge are acting like Santa Claus here. I love it. That is nice, man. I uh, I still got some of the goodie bag left. I um, have been putting a heavy dent in it more than I should be, but. Uh, and it's funny, my sister too, uh, I was telling her about, um, you know, them sponsoring us and she goes, me and my girlfriend used to walk around looking for salt and vinegar covered bridge potato chips. They're their best in the world. And I was like, no so shit. So I had to make sure I dropped some off and put a little dent in my stash again, but, uh, maybe we'll, maybe we'll nudge them for another shipment. Yeah, we should. We, we definitely, should. those all dress men. Like I'm not an all dress guy, but those all dress ones are fantastic. By the way, these are the last two bags left. Like they sent us a shit ton of of covered bridge and mind you i think the whole point of that was to get the word out which i did brought it to my gym you know gave it to some of the staff of my condo building gave it to my parents some family some friends but yeah i got two bags left but i'm you've struggling. been mocking well you better save them for the set boy you're done better go buy some now well that's the thing they're gonna they're, they're, they're gonna stay on that set because we hope to be with covered bridge for life so uh it's great to see and and maybe we get some more chips so i can eat these ones but they're phenomenal so make sure you uh get locked and loaded on that front Meantime, brought to you by Botano, the 2023 EGR winner for both the best sports book operator of the year and best in-play sports operator awards. The game starts now. Um, I like the over between Buffalo and Colorado tonight. Dude, I have been on fire. I called the Matthews goal last night. I think I'm five, six, seven in a row here. So 
Uh, I'm really feeling Buffalo, Colorado in the over. I don't feel great about those two defenses. Some guys are banged up, and I think we're going to see some offense tonight uh, in Denver at Ball Arena. I love it, man. If you're hotter than a pistol, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to tail you and reap the rewards. I love how I say that now, and I'm going to come on the show tomorrow and be like, well, Mm -hmm. I lost. But nevertheless, uh, this has been a lot of fun. I guess you're at the studio getting set to to film a bit more here with uh, hockey fights. We are. We're doing our Department of Discipline uh, today. Should be out tomorrow, maybe Friday. But uh, yeah, I got a role, man. There's more to do under this Nation Network umbrella. You do. You you you've got an elevating role. You're like uh, a Noah Gregor. You started on the fourth line. Now you're, you're getting first line minutes, right? Just cranking it off a of PTO, baby. Love that. You did get a PTO actually, and uh, I'm very intrigued to check out that episode because lots has happened. I'm sure you're going to be covering some cross checks and shit like that. Yeah, there'll be a couple. Um, Department of Player Safety uh, checkouts that I'm sure they're busy with. So we'll go over them in in what? Dude, I watching Erica Branson, I just feel great about life. Just your boy, Nikki Cousins, got fucking fed, man. Fuck around, you find out. I'm sorry. Maybe it's the old school in me, the traditionalist in me, but fuck around and you find out. And that's exactly what happened. I'm sorry. And then your boy turtled. He turtled. Oh yeah, he would too. I, I like I like Nick. He's a, he's an absolute beauty, but he's a rat. And I don't know. He didn't think you did wrong there. And he got uh, you can go killed. Watch watch Dod. We'll break it down. Got absolutely dumb. Okay, that's a nice tease. Well done. So Rosie, we back in the mix on Thursday. They got the Columbus Blue Jackets at Scotiabank Arena, but you're gonna have to watch that game to find out which Maple Leafs team shows up. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. I hope they're on a roll and they've fixed their problems of the press. We'll wait and see, buddy. We'll never know until we find out. Uh, So that's coming up on Thursday, a thorough preview of the Leafs and the Blue Jackets. Thanks, everybody in the chat. You guys are fantastic. And I love all of you encouraging everybody to hit that like button. That really helps us out. So do that. Subscribe at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. Search Leafs Morning Take wherever you find your podcast as well. Help us out there. Leave us a review, like, whatever helps this uh, this bitch grow. You guys love that as I say that. And we're going to coin that grow this bitch. Hashtag it. Love it. Many thanks to Darren Dreger. And of course, that's Jay Rosal. I'm Nick Alberger. Producer Aaron as well. Bang up job. And uh, we're feeling good about life heading into Thursday's uh, Leafs Morning Take. So we'll talk then. Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Take. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit theleafsnation.com. T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N dot com. <laughs> you don't know how to spell the Leafs Nation. You know what I mean? Um, but hey, sometimes you never know.